Oh, I know you. I know all three of you. Yeah, Spawn Ranch. Spawn Ranch, yeah. Woo! I don't know your name, but I remember that hair. And you, I remember your white little face. And you were on a horsey. Yeah. Uh, you are... I'm the devil. And I'm here to do the devil's business. No, I was dumber than that. Something like... Rex. Kachudum Tex! Tex! Hello and welcome to Happy Fun Time Movie Hour. My name is Eric. Sitting across from me is Arwen. We are the family-friendly podcast that talks about rated R movies. And more. And more. Uh, if you like us, come to our Facebook. We are Happy Fun Time Movie Hour. We're also on Twitter. We are at Fun Time Movies 1. That is Fun Time Movies and the number one. You can listen to us on all the platforms in the world, including Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and more. Now let's get to the show. So it's no secret, one of my favorite directors of all time is Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. He, uh, he makes the best films. Some of the best films I've ever seen, yes. And his last three films, Django Unchained, The Hateful Eight, and then this one, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, they all seem to be centered around the Western. Mm -hmm. Django Unchained and The Hateful Eight, especially. Yeah. So what, what we're doing is we're talking about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, rated R, from the year 2019. And you can see it on Stars, um, or you can just buy the movie because it's Quentin Tarantino and you need a copy. <laughs> it's directed by Quentin Tarantino, duh. And uh, it stars Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, and Emile Hirsch. Mm -hmm. I will say this much. I don't know of any other movie that stars both DiCaprio and Pitt. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, they're both fantastic actors. I would go off and say they're probably two of the biggest A-list actors in the world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio really was surprising, you know, because we first saw him on that um, that Kirk Cameron yeah. family show, you know, and then he did uh, What's Eating Gilbert Grape, and mm -hmm. uh, Titanic really showcased his talents. Yeah, and uh, Brad Pitt, he was a love interest dummy on Head of the Class. Oh, gosh. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? Yeah, so they both got kind of their chops yeah. in television. And here they are on in this movie as a television star uh-huh they're kind of the same person leonardo caprio plays a guy named rick dalton and brad pitt plays a guy named cliff booth mm -hmm. and they worked together on a show called bounty law yes cliff was his stuntman yes they show him like in an interview 
And Brad Pitt's character is a little further back, seated, you yeah. know, like a couple, like... A few steps. Yeah, yeah, steps behind Leonardo DiCaprio, either to make him look smaller or to make him look less important. It could be both. Um, so the dynamic is there right at the beginning where DiCaprio's the boss, mm-hmm. or uh, what's his name? Dalton's the boss, and uh, Cliff, Cliff is... Kind of like the the guy that holds the bags. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sometimes literally. Yes. <laughs> uh, Cliff Booth drives Leonardo DiCaprio around because, uh, or Rick Dalton around because Rick Dalton uh, can't stop drunk driving. Yeah, he got his license taken away. And uh, basically, I like to call this movie the star, the, 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 uh, what did I call it? A story of a rising star and a falling star. Okay. Um, there's a lot of parallel stories going on in this movie mm-hmm. where we we see, like, Sharon Tate. Yes. Uh, played by Margot Robbie. Rising as an actress. Right. Mm-hmm. While Cliff is just, not Cliff, but uh, Rick Dalton is kind of... He's getting to Waning. the has-been stage. Yeah. Yeah. And we see that a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, so Cliff and, or Rick and Cliff, they're at a bar or a restaurant, and in walks Al frickin' Pacino. Yes. He's Mr. Schwartz, not Schwartz. Right. Um, and you get to see how absolutely short he is (laughs) it's almost like he's standing in a hole Uh next to uh leonardo dicaprio so it's kind of a little weird seeing that dynamic but you know he plays some kind of a producer or a filmmaker of some sort and he's telling rick he's got to go to italy to have a resurgence in his career right yeah he he does a really good job here of giving the lay person what the industry does to people. Yeah. It's like you're you're starting to get a little old. You're no longer the leading man. And so to make the new leading man look good, the old leading man has to play the heavy. Yeah. Which diminishes their career. Right. Because so, people will start typecasting you as the bad guy. Exactly. Um, and he was like, what are you going to do? Are you going to be in uh, Batman? A pow? Zing? Boom? You know, things like that. Um, Pacino can act his butt off in anything. I know. I was thinking about that, too. And I was like, we've got these other two really good actors. And then you bring in a legend like Pacino. Yeah. I mean, how even can you not we, watch this movie just for that? Even when we watched him in Jack and Jill. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. He was still the best thing on that screen whenever he was on the screen. I wanted to know what sandler had on him to get him to do that movie. well obviously it was uh, uh nudes it has to be yeah <laughs> they talk about a movie that he did rick Dal- rick dalton did which shows him use a flamethrower i think it's called uh the 14 fists of mccluskey yeah and uh it's obviously kind of like a nod to inglorious bastards uh-huh. Yeah, it was a really good scene too. Like the the what they did in this movie that I thought was really clever is whenever they show 
a movie scene or a TV scene, because they used some real TV footage from back then. Yeah. They inserted Leonardo DiCaprio in them so seamlessly, it almost seems like they shot it. Right, yeah. When when he's talking about The Great Escape, uh, he's superimposed over Steve McQueen's character. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's seamless. It's seamless. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they did um, so good. And so when they did uh, the, the McCluskey movie showing it, you know, it's got that grain to it. And mm-hmm. it's, it's almost imperfectly perfect right uh they show him doing a show called hullabaloo <laughs> um where he sings and it's really him singing yeah. too. <laughs> uh i've never heard leo dicaprio sing no, i don't think in anything he knows he's not a good singer and he's singing a song called the green door and the only thing i could think of is the uh classic porn movie called behind the green door oh that was done in i think the early 70s so there's no i don't think it's a reference to that movie but it kind of is because what's going on behind the green door kind of the the lyrics kind of like relate you to that movie oh really but it's it's kind of a weird thing because this is set in 1969 mm-hmm. and you know early 70s was the movie so and they talk about dirty movies a couple times in this. So, Rick leaves a meeting and he just starts crying. Oh, I know. It's so funny. And it's it's so weird seeing a grown man cry over such pettiness. Well, that's... His, his career is his identity. Yeah, it is. And he's realizing that he, he's coming to that midlife crisis almost. Yeah. But it is a little funny, and Cliff is so nice. He's yeah. like, "Don't, don't let the Mexicans see you cry." Was the line? Yeah, I was don't, like, don't what? cry in front of the Mexicans. Yeah, so he gives him his uh, uh, aviator glasses, yeah. sunglasses, and the, the the Mexican people that they're talking about are the the ballets. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then right here we see the our first sight of the hippies, mm-hmm. and these are women that. Uh, come into town and uh, get supplies to take back out to the ranch. The the what is it called? The Spawn Ranch. Spawn Ranch. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them is a girl named Pussycat, mm-hmm. and we linger on her for a little bit while the song Mrs. Robinson is playing. Yes. And we get that dynamic. Uh, the The Graduate is a movie that came out, I think, in the late sixties. Starring Dustin Hoffman, where he plays a young man that uh, is seduced by an older woman. Mm-hmm. Here it is an older man being seduced by a younger woman. Uh, and she has pickles. Yes. The gourmet kind. So uh, most of these uh, actresses, mm-hmm. you don't really recognize them, but there are a few notable ones. Yeah. In this particular group, Kevin Smith's daughter, Harley Quinn Smith, is one of the girls. Yes. Yes, uh, and she plays a girl named Froggy. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. We only get that in the post credits mm-hmm. uh, or during the credits as she's listed. We we also find out that Rick Dalton lives next to Roman Polanski. Yes, uh, who just moved in a couple months ago. So the funny thing about Rick Dalton's home 
isn't the actual home. It's his parking space. Yeah, his parking space has this big old painted mural of himself on the garage door. It's um, it's not a flattering image to me. No, it's not. And in fact, the, the Quentin Tarantino got the idea from this from an actual actor's house. Uh, he went to Lee Van Cleef's house and uh-huh. saw that he had a mural in on in, in on his garage. Interesting. Of Lee Van Cleef, <laughs> and he's like, "That's interesting. I wonder if I can ever integrate that into anything." It's, it's weird. And then, then we see Cliff going home in his crap car. Mm-hmm. And you said he lives about 30 miles away. 30 minutes. 30 minutes away. Yeah, if if he lived in Panor- Panorama City, uh, based on, you know, they, they show him drive and get off the yeah. exit there. So I assume it's Panorama City. But from CeeLo uh, Drive, I don't know if that's how it's pronounced, yeah. to Panorama City, it's 30 minutes. Okay. Because I was like, I gotta know. And he lives behind a drive-in movie theater, mm-hmm. which is pretty a, cool, in actually. A trailer <laughs> uh, with his pit bull terrier. It's it's the nicest pit bull. Yeah, it's a girl dog. Uh huh. Brandy. Yeah. And so he goes and he starts making himself some food, and this was kind of interesting too. And he starts dumping out this uh, canned dog food into the into the dog's dish. Wolf's brand. Yeah, Wolf's Tooth. Oh, that's it, yes. And uh, they each have a flavor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one is rat. Mm-hmm. One is pigeon, I think. Yeah, there's raccoon. Raccoon. And then there's another one that was obscured that we can't see. Okay. So. It, it has a funny tagline on it, too. Um uh, I think good, it was good food for yeah. mean dogs. Yeah, good yeah. food for mean dogs. <laughs> and so this is like a new kind of brand because we haven't seen Wolf's Tooth brand in any Tarantino film. And Tarantino is notorious for hating to do product placement. Yeah. So he just creates his own products. He doesn't want to give Pepsi or, right. uh, you know, Marlboro. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's your red apple cigarettes. It's your Wolf's Tooth brand dog food. Mm-hmm. It's your Chattanooga, Tennessee brand uh, beer. Uh-huh. So, and we see we saw a Big Kahuna Burger uh, a billboard. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I think the it's only, still all there. I think the really the only product that seemed real that I saw for sure was Twinkies. Yeah. They mentioned Twinkies once, and then there was a truck that had Twinkies on it. Yeah. Barely. <laughs> and so the dog has to sit still and watch Cliff making his food, and he's making mac and cheese for himself, as Cliff is also dumping the food out, and he whines a little bit, or the dog whines mm-hmm. a little bit, and, and and Cliff's like, don't whine, or I'll throw this out. Mm-hmm. You know I will. So the dog just sits there. It's a really well-trained dog. Oh my gosh. Yeah. If I had a dog like this, uh-huh. I would show it off. <laughs> uh, and so he he puts two cans of the wet food in, and then he puts dry kibble on top of that. Yeah, he just throws it, though. He doesn't, like, yeah. put it in a bowl. He just no, throws he just it on the floor. dumps it down there. Yeah. The dog whatever. will clean it, but still. Yeah. And so he mixes up his mac and cheese, sits down, then he goes, uh-huh. and... 
that dog's off to eat. We we also see a sign. Uh, uh, Rick Dalton is practicing his lines mm-hmm. for his next uh, TV gig, where yeah. he's going to be on a show called The Lancers. I I really or like Lancer. how he did it. It's Lancer. Uh, I like how he he had a tape that he would sit and and do the lines to. Yeah. Um. Another parallel story. Uh, Polanski and Tate get into this toy car and drive to the Blake <laughs> drive to the Playboy Mansion where they meet up with Mama Cass and Michelle Phillips and Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen's there. Connie, Connie Stevens. Stevens. Um, supposedly Burt Reynolds may be there. Yeah, that's possible. Uh, you know, and this was shot at the actual Playboy Mansion. That was interesting. Mm-hmm. But in real life, Sharon Tate was friends with Mama Cass. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, there's just so much that we're not going to discuss everything. Right. But the one thing that I really um, enjoyed about the Sharon Tate character was how carefree and loving she seemed to be. Oh, yeah. She was in the moment in every scene. Like, she was dialed into the pop culture of the Mm -hmm. time. So whatever music was playing, it was the best thing she's ever heard. Mm -hmm. Um, Whatever was going on, it's the best time she's having. Except... For when she's in the uh, restaurant at the end where yeah. she starts feeling a little melancholy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, we also learned Steve McQueen, who looked just like Steve McQueen, by the way, this guy. Yeah. Uh, he's he's from Homeland, I think, is where we've seen him before. Mm-hmm, I think so. Um, but he says, he says, you see that guy over there? That guy was engaged to that woman mm-hmm. and he's pointing to some dude and Sharon Tate and he goes and then that Polish guy right there met up with Sharon Tate yeah and she now, went to she went to France or something yeah. to make a movie for him and so <laughs> now they're married and he's still around yeah basically interesting huh yeah so there's some kind of a thruple of some sort yeah it's a little weird and I don't like to talk about Roman Polanski too much. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a tragic thing that happened in '69 when his wife was killed, and and uh, and and all those people were killed. Yeah, and and so I mean it was a bad deal. But later on, Roman Polanski raped a girl mm-hmm. who was 13 years old at Jack Nicholson's home. That's weird. Yeah, <clears throat> and he ran away. Yeah, never came back. And never came back to the United States. He still wins awards to this day. Um, France uh, just gave him some some film industry yeah. just gave him an award, and a lot of people in the audience got up and walked out. Good. So hopefully something will change about that. But he should he should have to face the consequences. Yeah, for he's what never he did. he's never just paid like for his every crimes. other person who has committed a crime. Um, so I luckily Polanski wasn't in this movie a lot. There's maybe two, three scenes. With yeah, Polanski he's not in, in here very often um, because he's usually away doing film. Yeah, but we do see a lot of Sharon Tate and what was the guy's name? His name was JC, and they call him Jay. We see Rick on the set of Lancer, and we get like Timothy Oliphant in it, and he plays a dude uh, that is one of the Lancer brothers. Mm-hmm. I've never seen this show, 
it reminds me of something like Gunsmoke or... Yeah, any of those you know, westerns. Yeah, westerns were huge in the 60s. I'd, I'd heard of Lancer, but I don't remember seeing it. I remember watching um, The Wild Wild West was on more than anything else. Yeah. And yeah, some, Channel 43 else. played that every day. Yeah, but I don't remember them playing Lancer. No. Um, one of my favorite things to do when I was living in... Uh, Arizona was uh, we got to go to old Tucson Mm -hmm. and old Tucson is this old West town that they used to shoot movies and TV shows at like Gunsmoke, not Gunsmoke, uh, Bonanza shot there once little house on the prairie did a whole entire season there. I think. Oh, wow. Um, We tried to get in, Mm -hmm. you know, as extras and we were always turned away, Mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. And the, the old West set that they're on reminded me a lot of, that that movie set oh, that I used to go to, and uh, yeah, it was it was a fun place to go. You could see shootouts. You could ride in the stagecoach. Oh, that's fun! Um, they had a ride where you're in a mine cart and you go through like this mine, and so it was fun. It was like a it was like an amusement park. Interesting. It was a theme park. It's it is it still open or did no, they close it, it down? It's been closed down for a number of years now. Uh, Prominently, though, in the first Death Wish movie, the original Charles Bronson movie, mm-hmm. they shoot a scene at Old Tucson because he has to go to Arizona. So he just decides to go to Old Tucson. Weird. And uh, and he hangs out there for a day. And you get to see some of the stuff that actually happened at Old Tucson. That's cool. So um, it, it's, a, it's a fun little flashback in my mind anyway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Rick, Rick has to look different. He doesn't want him to look like Rick Dalton, the yes. director. Doesn't want him to look like Rick Dalton. So he's like, "Ah, oh, we'll put a mustache on you and give you longer hair." And he's like, "You want me to look like a hippie?" He's referring to Easy Rider. Yes. He wants him to look like Dennis Hopper from Easy Rider. Mm-hmm. Clearly, with the mustache and yeah. the hair. Yeah. Um, fringy jacket. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And so. They talk to him a little bit about that. Well, they go not not necessarily hippie, but more like a hell's angel, you know. Yeah, and he's he gets on board a little bit more. With yeah, it. and so, and and again, that's another nod to Easy Rider, I believe. I mean, they weren't hell's angels. Yeah, I don't know anything about that movie except for they die at the end. Oh, they get well, shot. Yeah, it's kind of funny because he he's like. Uh, Rick is a little upset about changing his hair, and I'm like, well, yeah. In Old West, they wouldn't have had their hair look like your hair, right? <laughs> and then, like, also, Cliff isn't allowed to work on this set as a stunt, yes, stunt guy because of something he had done earlier, um, allegedly months, months ago or years ago. Yeah, yeah, he allegedly killed his wife. Yeah, which is another kind of nod to the Natalie Wood scene, you know, where Natalie Wood uh, drowned. Mm-hmm. Um, she's the only wood that can't float. That's not funny. It's kind of funny. You know what's weird, though? What? Natalie Wood drowned, and her sister uh, was in a Bond movie where she drowned. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a little bizarre. It is weird. Coincidences happen all the time. Yeah. It's it's tragic, though, but but anyway, uh, no, they they do a a memory back to 
not only a memory, but a memory of a memory. Yes. That was the weird part. Yes, it was so weird, but it was like, what what happened? <laughs> they had this uh, little flashback scene where Cliff's waiting to be like allowed to work on the Green Hornet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's sitting there in a golf cart outside of Rick Dalton's dressing room. And uh, what's his name? Kurt Russell. Yeah. Randy. Kurt Russell, played by Kurt Russell. He's, his character's name is Randy. Okay. So Randy shows up and he's like, um, my wife doesn't like him because he killed his wife, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, come on. He's a damn war hero. And he <laughs> comes out and he goes, all right, get your stuff. Let's go. And he goes, stay clear of Janet. Yeah. <laughs> And so here's a funny thing, though, because Kurt Russell played Stuntman Mike in Death Proof. Mm -hmm. Zoe Bell played Zoe Bell in Death Proof, both stunt people. Yes. Zoe Bell was a real-life stunt double of Uma Thurman in Kill Bill. Mm -hmm. Kill Bill Volume 1 has the theme to the Green Hornet. Yes. (laughs) I know. What the heck? (laughs) And in in this movie, Kurt Russell and Zoe Bell are married. Yeah. So it's just, it's kind of funny the web that he he, he puts through all of his stuff yeah. to connect it. But you see, all right, everything I've ever seen about Bruce Lee <laughs> is in this scene. Yes. He, he does his philosophy and how he's the best fighter in the world and all this other garbage. I don't believe he knew how to fight. I believe he knew how to fight. He I don't knew. believe he. I don't believe he ever fought anybody. There's rumors, there's innuendo yeah. that he killed a guy in an underground street fight and that's how he got his fame. No, he was a Chinese actor who came to America to act. Mm-hmm. Um, allegedly, he wrote uh, the the story for Kung Fu really? and didn't get the job because of David Carradine. Oh, wow. Um, they wanted an American actor for that. You know, that would rub me wrong, though. If it even happened. Yeah. That's the thing. I if don't, it did, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know because the legend outweighs the truth when yes. it comes to Bruce Lee. So when they, when Quentin takes Bruce Lee and just files him down to this guy mm-hmm. doing his philosophy, everybody's riveted to whatever he's saying. Cliff, and, and he's talking about fighting Cassius Clay. Yes. You know, Muhammad Ali. And that he, he could accidentally kill him. He could accidentally kill him. He goes... Well, if you kill anybody by accident, it's called manslaughter. Mm -hmm. And second of all, he would wipe the floor with you. (laughs) He goes, all right, you want to have a little contest? We could do this or that. And so he's like, yeah, sure. He takes off his wig. Yes. You know, Cliff takes off his wig, hangs it up. Real nice. Takes off his jacket. Bruce Lee takes off his Kato jacket. And And before they get started... One of the other guys standing around talks to Bruce Lee and says, you know, that guy's famous. And he's like, why? Oh, yeah. And he's like, well, he killed his wife. And he goes, that guy killed his wife. And he goes, yeah, and he got away with it. So it was <laughs> like, ah, oh, that's not right. <laughs> no. And so they have a little bit of fits to cuffs. Yes. Um, I think Cliff would have won this fight. It was going that way. Um, uh, they they damaged Janet's car. Yeah, they did. And Janet comes out, sees what they're doing, 
scolds them like they're fifth graders. Yeah. Um, and then he gets kicked off the set. Yeah. And that's why he's not allowed to work on the Lancers because uh-huh. Randy's working for them. <laughs> so that's that whole story that took 20 minutes to tell. Oh, yeah. It took a while. Um, and, and he's remembering all of that while he's on the roof of Rick's house fixing his antenna. Yeah. And, and during this time, also, Charles Manson shows up in a Twinkie van. Yes. Um, walks up to the Polanski's house and somehow the gates are open. I think he got around the gate somehow. Yeah. Well, because definitely the gate he did. was not open. And he just comes up to the front door and he's talking about how he wants to talk to, uh, I forget one name, but the other name is Dennis Wilson. Dennis Wilson was the drummer for the Beach Boys. They had taken one of his songs and put it on one of their albums, uh, rearranged it a little bit. So, there is a song out there by the Beach Boys mm-hmm. that was written by Charles Manson. Yes. And so he's like, yeah, I wanted to talk to Dennis Wilson and blah, blah, blah. And the other guy is Doris Day's son, who was a music producer. But he's moved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're like, you're going to have to leave because he's not here. He moved. He goes, huh. He's really gracious about it, too. Yeah, he's a real nice, real nice guy. Um, you wouldn't think that he was a monster. Not there, no. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a deleted scene where he waves to Cliff, and Cliff doesn't wave back, and he kind of goes a little bonkers. Yeah. But that wasn't in the movie. Um, so Rick's, you know, goes and talks to this little girl. Yeah, it's on one the of the co stars. Lancers. <laughs> little girl, I, I know her last name is Butters. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I call uh, her I Butters. For, I forget. I forget her first name, but she plays one of the Lancer kids in this show, mm-hmm. and she's eight years old, very articulate, reading a book. She's uh, reading the biography of Disney of Walt Disney. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and and so she she's like talking about how he's a one in fifty year type legend, smartest man alive, all that kind of stuff. What are you reading? Huh? Just a western. <laughs> And it's about this guy that's, you know, fading. Yeah. His star is fading. Mm-hmm. So Rick's really just reading about himself. Yeah. And so he he kind of breaks down a little and the the little girl gets up and it's like patting his leg and like, It's it's okay, I'm sure whatever the character's name in the book is, he's he's gonna be fine and yeah. you know in indirectly telling Cl- uh Rick that he's going to be fine. Yeah. He says, Thank you pumpkin puss yeah and she goes i really don't like names like that but you're upset so i'm gonna let it go yeah (laughs) and it's like i love this little girl yeah and it's just it's just interesting their dynamic too Mm -hmm. because they're talking to each other like they're both adults yeah and and you don't see that really in any movies because Uh it's really hard to write a little kid yeah it's hard to write them, think the way that they think, and and their mannerisms, because kids are different. Yeah. I feel like kid actors, though, they pick up that lingo faster, because that's the environment that they're in, and they some of them have to grow up really quickly. Yeah. Especially back then. But this little girl is definitely, she's something different. Oh, definitely. Um, it cuts to Sharon. She goes, 
shopping. She goes to pick up that book. Well, yeah, she's shopping, though. Well, yeah. Um, she's dressed nicely. Mm-hmm. And she sees a movie marquee, and she sees that it's one of her movies. Um, yeah, the Wrecking, Wrecking Crew. Crew. Starring mm-hmm. Dean Martin. It's pretty impressive being in a movie with Dean Martin. Yeah, it is. Even if he was old Dean Martin. Um, Sharon Tate never really got to take off. Um, but it was kind of nice to see her happy this way. Oh, yeah. She goes and she goes into this uh, bookstore. She ordered a first edition of some book. Testa Herbaville. I've never been able to say that name correctly. I don't know what you even said. It's a famous book. But she she managed to get a first edition of it, and that had to have cost a pretty yeah. penny. And there's a prop in this bookstore. It is the Maltese Falcon from a movie called The Maltese Falcon, um, starring Humphrey Bogart. Mm-hmm. And it's the actual, very real replica. I mean, it the is... The real prop. It's the real prop mm-hmm. that Leonardo DiCaprio had and allowed to use on the set. Another prop that was allowed to be used on the set was the yellow Cadillac. Really? Yeah, that is Michael Madsen's car. Oh, that's funny. It got more screen time than Michael Madsen yes, did in this did. movie. Yes, it did. So. At least uh, Kurt Russell wasn't there to accidentally break it. Yeah. <laughs> He's never going to live that down. And then Sharon eventually, she goes across the street back to the movie theater mm-hmm. and she's like... She can't help herself. Yeah, she's yeah. like, hello, I'm in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Who are you? Yeah. I'm Sharon Tate. Huh? You know, I was in uh, Valley, of the, Valley Dolls. of the Dolls. She goes, Petty Duke? <laughs> no, Sharon Tate. I'm, that's my picture right there. <laughs> you know, and so, like, you know that she's not famous, famous. Exactly. But she's like, I'm in this movie. Mm-hmm. So she gets invited in to go see the or to see this movie, and uh, the scenes that they show are well acted. Mm-hmm. It's it's done by the real Sharon Tate. Yeah, I appreciated that Quentin didn't redo those scenes. Yeah, me too. And I think he did it on purpose, oh, of definitely. course, because he wanted to honor her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Before we go any further, uh, he he gave the script to Sharon Tate's uh, sister. Okay. And said, just read it through. And if you don't like it, we'll change things or scrap it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know if he said that. That's what I think he said. She read it and she says, this is a very nice movie. Okay. She also donated some of Sharon's uh, jewelry. For the movie. I'd heard that, yeah. So, Sharon Tate's... I mean, Margot Robbie is wearing Sharon Tate's actual jewelry Oh, that's got to feel scenes. so weird. Yeah. Like, like, such an honor, but also at the same time, so weird. Yeah. Um. So, also, we get to see Quentin Tarantino's very, very famous foot fetish here. Mm, um, multiple more, times. More barefoot women in this movie than any other movie he's done. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mind... Um, I'm not a foot guy, but if you get off on feet, this is your damn movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so we see also the scene that Rick Dalton's filming. Yes. And it's pretty good. Him and Timothy Oliphant doing a really good job mm-hmm. acting their butts off. 
for this role and some some movie buffs or television buffs or whatever um, think it's from this is from an episode uh, that I can't remember the name of suddenly uh, but Leonardo DiCaprio's character was actually played by Joe Don Baker and so they think that this is the scene okay it's shot differently mm-hmm. it's shot in a more stylistic uh, way yeah because they didn't do oh, some no. of the changes that they did there no, they just it was propped straight up a shot. camera yeah. and like hey, just act in front those, of this thing those cameras were heavy mm-hmm. <laughs> and and so he keeps forgetting his lines at, at some point yeah um and he really beats himself up over it. Yeah, he goes back to his trailer and he's just yelling at himself, uh, calling himself an alcoholic. Um, he goes, he goes, I'm never going to drink again. As he picks up a flask and yeah. starts to drink it and he realizes what he's doing, he throws it. Yeah, he throws it out of the, the trailer. Then and he then says, he threatens to blow his brains says, out. if you forget your lines one more time, I'm going to blow your brains out all over your pool. Yeah. And I'm like, what the heck, dude? Relax. <laughs> yeah. Um, this whole time though, Cliff is driving around, uh, LA. He was supposed to do something, I think. I don't know what he was doing. Yeah, Um, I don't know. He just wasn't allowed on the set, so he had to leave. Yeah. Um, usually I think he'd just hang out on the set. Yeah. Um, and if they needed a stunt person, he'd offer himself up. Yeah. Um, but he meets up with Pussycat, who's hitchhiking again. Mm -hmm. Um, one time she sees him. A second time she's hitchhiking and he's like, oh, I'm going the other way. Yeah. And this time he's growing her way. Yeah. And so they get in the car or she gets in the car. He goes, how'd you like them pickles? (laughs) Like small talk. Hey, I know you from crossing the street that one time. And uh, she's got bare feet too. Oh, yeah. And her dirty feet are up on the windshield. Mm -hmm. That would drive me freaking crazy. Yeah, he he questions where she's going before accepting taking her anyway. Yeah. And and finds out that they're going to the Spawn Ranch. Yeah, and the Spawn Ranch was a real place Mm -hmm. that Charles Manson and his people kind of procured. Um, The women would give the old man sexual favors. Uh, and they would just be allowed to live there. And it was a functioning ranch. They did uh, cowboy stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll just leave it at that for now. Yeah. But yeah, he's taking her there. She offers to uh, give him some... Oral pleasure. Yes. Yes, and while he's driving. And he's like, well, how old are you? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and, and she goes... She goes, oh, how old do you think I am? He goes, that's not answering a question now, is it? <laughs> and he says, if you show me an ID that says you're 18, I'm okay with this. But I ain't going to jail for you or anybody. Yeah, he goes, I'm not going to jail for some poontang. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I haven't heard people say that in forever. And so she just, like, lays her head in his lap and, like, dangles her feet out the window. And they you know, just talk. I remember being a kid... And being able to lay down in the front seat. Yeah. I was short. I didn't I didn't hit anybody's lap. But I remember like yeah. being able to just... Because seatbelts weren't a thing. I know. You know? They weren't important. I remember sitting on my mother's lap and uh, helping steer the car. Drive, yeah. Yeah. That's how crazy my life was. Uh-huh. If we'd have died, you know, I'd have been like smushed. Oof. You just know that happened. 
Ugh. Yeah. Anyway, so he gets there. They get out. Yes. Um, she's like, where is everybody? And we find out that Charles Manson and a large group of people had gone to Santa Barbara. I yeah. believe this was the first pig killing. Yeah, I think it's the first murder. Yeah. Um, they then, they went to some apartment of some sort and yes. they killed a person in there and then they uh, then they uh, put up dye pigs or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they were trying to start a race war. Yeah, yeah, they were trying to race bait uh, the cops into thinking that black people did this so that they would go after the black people and then somehow Charles Manson would become the leader of the world. Yeah, it's all weird. If you want to get into the Manson <laughs> thing, you can research that on your own. Um. But yeah, he's like he's like so. Uh, what's his name? George. S- George Spawn. Yep. Yeah. Hey, uh, is George here? What? You know, George, the guy who owns the ranch, George Spawn. You know? He's like, does he still live there? Yeah. And he I love how he all the way up the hill. He, the way he questions people, it's pretty. Um, it's not rude. No. It's very blunt. Yeah. And uh, I, I just love how he does it, you know. And uh, Lena Dunham is one of the women here. Mm-hmm. And then Rumor Willis is also one of the women here. I thought that was Rumor uh-huh. Willis. And also we see Dakota Fanning later. She kind of yes. shows up. She is uh, Squeaky From. Yeah. And she's a, she's a name that I remember from... Uh, from from the murders, and I believe that uh, she's still in jail, or she died oh. within like the last year. Yeah, I know somebody died recently. One of the other than Charles Manson, I yes, know he died. Yeah, one of the ladies uh, is trying to get out right now. Still, yeah. like she's been denied parole every single time. She's still trying to uh, complete that manifesto. But yeah, he. Uh, I don't think she is. I really. He meets up with Tex. Yeah, Tex meets him. And Tex is a real person too. He yes. Was, he was involved in the murders yes. of Sharon Tate. Uh, Tex is giving a woman named Connie a ride through the canyons on her horse, mm-hmm. and her husband is there as well. I thought this was Connie Stevens, but apparently it's not. It's not. So, real quick, just just a, a, a glance back at the big scene that Rick had with the little girl. Yeah. And that, uh, Luke Perry, this was his last filming, you know, yeah, before he passed Luke away. Luke Perry plays the elder Lancer. Mm-hmm. Um, they call, keep calling him Boston. Yeah. So, I guess they're from back east. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, and he's got a cane. Yeah, and he died shortly after this film was made. Uh, he had a massive stroke, um, never recovered. And yeah, it was really away. sad. Uh, Luke Perry was known for his role as Dylan mm-hmm. in Beverly Hills 90210. Um, he was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes, the movie, not the, the show. Movie. He was on a show that I can't remember the name of on Showtime where uh, people over the age of some age died. And it was kind of like apocalyptic in some way. Interesting. It sounds like a Logan's Run style yeah, show. A little bit. But no, they died naturally. They just died. Oh. They weren't killed. Oh, I remember what you talked about. And yeah. Malcolm yeah. Jamal Warner was in that show as yes, well. Yes, yes. Um, but most recently, he was Archie's dad in the mm-hmm. uh, Riverdale series. And everyone forgets, he's in Fifth Element at the beginning. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he is. See? We, we talked about him mm-hmm. back then, too. 
So once a year, we're going to talk about Luke Perry, apparently, until we run out of his films. I could always talk about Luke Perry. I really had a crush on him. Yeah. So, yeah, it's tremendously acted. Um, He does an ad lib where he throws a little girl on the floor. Yeah. And, And after the scene is shot... He goes, I didn't hurt you, did I? And she goes, no, I wear pads right here on my arms mm-hmm. because I like to throw myself down. <laughs> like, that's weird eight-year-old girl. She's probably practicing. Yeah. Uh, she played a girl named Trudy, by the way. Yeah. But and then, then she tells Rick that that was the best acting that she's ever seen. And he cries. Life. Yeah, and he starts crying. <laughs> so anyway, back that, that, that happened before we got yeah. to this part. Back to Cliff. And uh, he's just approaching the house. He's che- Texas checked him out. Doesn't Seems kosher. S- doesn't seem to be a bad deal. Mm-hmm. And this girl is standing at the screen door, repeating everything she sees. She sees to squeak. Mm-hmm. And and we don't get to see her. No, her face is yeah. Is uh, her back is to us. Uh-huh. She's in a chair. She's watching a TV. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, that's one of the first remote control TVs that has a wireless remote. Really? Yeah, and it and it didn't work on infrared or any kind of light. It was uh, high frequency sound. Oh, so it would you know? So dogs really were bothered probably, by those probably. probably. <laughs> um, but she's watching her show, and uh, it's it's a really tense scene and. People say it's kind of like it, it gave the feel of like the beginning of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. You think something's going to happen. Yeah. He starts walking up to the thing, you know, up to the door. What's going to happen? Yeah. By the time he gets to the door, there's just a crowd there. Yeah. A crowd of people. And then they, they just walk past him. Uh-huh. And it's just hurt him and Squeak who gets up and it's a braless, fat, Dakota she's Fanning. She's fat. She's, she's big. She's bigger than big. She was not fat. She was... Oh my gosh. She was a pork belly. No, she was not. Like I said in an earlier podcast, she is the lesser attractive Fanning. She absolutely is at this point because Elle Fanning is just beautiful. Yes. She really is. She's just a beautiful girl. But they made her intentionally look terrible in this movie too. Yeah. Her hair's like kool-aid orange almost Mm -hmm. yeah and so he's like can i see george is george home no you can't (laughs) why not it's his nap time Mm -hmm. why why is it his nap time because on this night i think it was thursday Mm -hmm. on thursdays we watch fbi and bonanza and if he falls asleep during that it causes problems Uh (laughs) you know kind of deal he goes so what's stopping me from getting past you and going in to see my friend George? Nothing. Mm-hmm. And so she unlocks the door and he goes in. She goes back and sits down. He looks around. He sees a uh, rat in a glue trap. Yes. Dirty dishes it's everywhere. Yeah. Oh, this place is filthy. Um, food just everywhere. Yeah. So they don't keep house very no, well. No, no. Where's he at? Down the hall. Okay. He goes down there. Oh, by the way, he's blind. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh. And she just sits back down and starts watching TV again. Yeah. And so he walks back there, and uh, 
opens the door, sees an old man there. Now, originally, and he did read, uh, do table reads oh, for did this. He? Uh, it was Burt Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Um, but Burt Reynolds died before shooting could happen. This would have been Burt Reynolds' last film. Yeah. Instead, it's uh, Bruce the Dern. last last of the Hollywood elite or something like that. Um, it's on Amazon Prime. You can see it. It stars him and Ariel Winter. Oh, weird. Yeah. Huh. Um, and it's sad, too, because he's using a walker, and it looks like he needs it. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it's not Burt Reynolds. Yeah, yeah. It's some dude that looks a lot like Burt Reynolds. So that's a shame. It is. It is. It, oh my gosh. It was kind of like, I, I stopped watching it halfway through and I was like, I, I don't think I can watch this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so he shakes the guy, guy eventually turns around, wakes up and it, yeah, it's Bruce Dern and Bruce Dern was in the hateful eight. He mm-hmm. was in Django. Um, he was probably, I think he's a David Lynch alumnist as well. Yeah, he might be. Um, one of my father favorite. of Laura Dern. Oh yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> well, he's he's in quite a few movies, but one of my favorites is uh, the Burbs. Yeah, the Burbs. He's a crazy and, neighbor. Uh, what's that one I like that he just did the black and white one? I know. I was thinking of that. Is with, it called Dakota? Or it's Minnesota? something like that. It's a. It's a. I, th- I think it's a state name. Yeah. It was with him and that um, that guy who plays McGruber. Yeah. I can't remember his name suddenly. Will Forte. Yes. Was it Will Forte? Will Forte was Br- McGruber. No, but I'm, I'm wondering now if it was Will Forte I don't know. in the movie. It was really good. I saw it once. It was great. Yeah. And you can see that right now on 2B TV, by the way. No. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, he goes in, he shakes him, and he goes, who are you? He goes, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Cliff Booth. John Wilkes, who? Yes. No, he's so Cliff. confused. Yeah, he's, he's really confused. Uh, he's probably got dementia. He's blind. Yeah, and he hasn't seen George for eight years. Yeah. Um, George used to, uh, not George, um, Cliff used to work there with Rick mm-hmm. on Bounty Law. Yeah. And so, and you could still see some of the set that was there, you know? There's motorcycles in front of it instead of horses. Right. But uh, <laughs> it's the same set. He goes, he goes, you know, I worked with Rick Dalton. Rick who? Rick Dalton, you know, on Bounty Law. You know, I don't know who you are. Yeah. Like, right. and he's like, it doesn't matter. I'm just checking on you. And so he likes Squeaky. Yeah. She gives him pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> he likes watching TV with her. Yeah. He doesn't want to make her angry. He doesn't want to disappoint her. Yeah. It was just, it was really funny. So he goes back to sleep. Cliff's okay. He's like, all right, well, if you're letting him stay here, Mm -hmm. then I'm okay with it. Yeah. And he goes to leave. Goes to his car. Uh, Actually, Pussycat's the only one in, in, in the, uh, in the front anymore. Yeah. And she says, you know, you really embarrassed me. He goes, yeah, well. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, she tells him, you know, he should leave, and he goes, "On it, yeah." You know, he never, there. he never misses a stride, Mm-mm. and he has no fear. No, there is no, there is no point in this, this interaction. And I just called this a very tense scene. The mm-hmm. first time I saw it, I was like, "Oh, Cliff's gonna die." Yeah, and he didn't die. Yeah, um. But we do see that uh, somebody popped one of his tires with a with a knife, mm-hmm. and he turns around. And he sees this long haired, greasy looking dude. 
that dude uh, murdered the ranch hand in real life. Oh, and, really? And buried parts of his body all over the ranch. Wow. Um, we get to see that ranch hand, though. He's behind him. Yeah. You know, dealing with the, uh, the livestock. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So he's not dead yet. Wow. Cliff's like, this is my boss's car. Anything happens to my boss's car, I get in trouble. Mm-hmm. So uh, luckily I got a spare, and uh, you're going to fix my tire. <laughs> he goes, like hell I will. <laughs> he walks up to him, punches him right out of his boots. Yeah, well, he wasn't wearing boots. <laughs> he punches him so hard that he falls on the ground, and then he hits him like three, two, two or three more yeah. times. And, and the, the girls, girls are going nuts. Yeah, some of them... Some of them start walking. He goes, if you step one more step closer, I'm going to knock his teeth out. Yeah. And so then they don't make any sounds. No. And, and the thing is, is that these girls, they're brainwashed. They're young. They're yeah. brainwashed. Um, it's a sex cult. Mm-hmm. Straight up. Mm-hmm. The guys are having sex with the girls. And, you know, yeah. it's just the way it is in like a lot of cults. Like we watched that show on cults. What was the first thing that happened? Uh, the, the, the leader of the cult, uh, decides that, uh, he gets to have sex with anybody he wants. Yeah. You know, and that happens here Mm -hmm. in this Manson family. It happens in most cults. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) somebody goes off to go get Tex, Mm -hmm. who's still giving his Grand Canyon uh, tour. It's not the Grand Canyon, but he's giving him a tour. Yeah. And she... Gets up to him. She says, hey, you got to go back there. Mm-hmm. That The Hawaiian dude is, you know, they call him the Hawaiian dude because he's wearing a Hawaiian t-shirt. Yeah. He's not from Hawaii. No. And so the Hawaiian guy, he's doing stuff, uh, so-and-so. Or he beat up somebody. And so he's, Tex is like, ah, darn golly. So we get a really long shot of Tex riding this horse at full speed. Yeah. And I was like, unnecessary, but kind of cool at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And by the time he gets to the the scene mm-hmm. uh cliff's already driving away yeah so no harm no foul one guy lost his uh dignity in front of the women mm-hmm. but that's about it i mean one woman kept saying i love you i know uh like an idiot <laughs> he and he and rick yeah go out to dinner and uh no they go out to dinner and then they come back home no no. He drives him home. They order a pizza yes. and they watch his They're episode gonna watch the of FBI. FBI. And it's interesting because um, Schwartz is at a bar watching, watching it as, as well. And unfortunately, they didn't have a scene where Froggy, not Froggy, uh, Squeaky, Squeaky and, 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 yeah. and George are watching FBI together. <laughs> that would have been fun. It would have been funny. Um, but I think they wanted to give that demeanor over the Manson family as like, they were dark people. They are dark people. Um, and this episode of FBI is super violent, by the way. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's real footage uh-huh. again, uh, with Leonardo DiCaprio's, you know, image over yes the original. And the original actor for this specific episode uh-huh. was, uh, Burt Reynolds. Oh, that's right. It was Burt Reynolds. Yes. Uh, we get a, a little nod to Norman Fell, who, yep. if anybody watched Three's Company, was Mr. Roper. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, 
they, so they, fun. They make a wisecrack during this. It's like that guy. You're 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 really going to town on that gum, and it's because Burt Reynolds always had gum in his mouth. Uh huh. Um. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I, when, the first time I watched this, I was like, why has he got gum in his mouth all the time? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it cuts a hard cut, and it's six months later. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be August 8th, 1969. And we get some narration from Mr. Kurt Russell. Yes. Which is a little weird, but it's also something that happens a lot in a Tarantino film. Yes. Where somebody narrates, and it's usually Samuel L. Jackson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this time, it's Kurt Russell. And I think it's because this was Kurt Russell's heyday. Yeah. Last year. No, I mean, the this era. Oh. You know, he was well, young yeah, during the, this era. He had a big career. He had a, that Disney career. Exactly. He, he was making that Disney money. Yeah. But he remembers this era because this was when he was young. Yeah. This was his time. And Even so though he's still around. He did, what, six westerns in the course four. of six months? Or four westerns, four westerns. in six months. Um, the directors were all real directors that they mentioned. Uh-huh. Um, was it the Margarita one? They're all real. Because the, he mentioned Margarita, mm-hmm. and that's the same character oh, name. Oh, yeah, yeah. That Brad Pitt played in Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, Uh-oh. that's hysterical. Yeah, it's the same last name. Yeah. Oh, the same first name, I think, too. Um, but yeah, he he made these four films. One with Telly Silvalis. Yeah, and the first one he did, uh, the co-star woman, he ends up marrying Francesca. Yeah. Um, Who which is I thought was a funny. really hot woman. She's very pretty. Mm-hmm. She wears yarn like no tomorrow. I love when you saw the outfit. You're like, that looks like the itchiest outfit ever. It would be so itchy. It's not itchy. <laughs> I would be itchy. You use a soft yarn. Uh, yeah. So he makes Nebraska Jim and a bunch of other westerns, and plus, uh, like a James Bondish type movie. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Cliff has to be uh, let go because he's married. You know, Rick's married now, and he, he can't, can't afford, afford him. him. Um, these movies might not make money. Well, one the, of his thing, fears. the thing was is that the narr- Kurt Russell's narration said, you know, he made some money, but that that apartment in Rome was kind of expensive and took yeah. a big chunk of it, you know, and then he got married and, you know, uh, he he wasn't sure what his future was when he got back to the United States. Right. And he was thinking about selling his house. Yeah. Moving somewhere cheaper. So Cliff got to go with him. On this trip. Yes. Because he dog, was... The dog was put in a kennel, apparently. Yeah. And they, we see him get his dog back. Mm-hmm. But then the dogs, just, they're just hanging out at Rick's house. Yeah, they had planned... They had said that they had planned that night they were going to get drunk, blind yeah. drunk, and that was going to be their last hurrah, you yeah. know? And, and then we start a timeline. Right. It's like 8.30, 9.25. 10.30. Well, it's 12.30. Rumor Willis was not at the ranch. Rumor Willis was here. She was Joanna. Okay. That's what it was. Uh, Joanna Folger? No. No? Joanna Joanna and her baby showed up at oh, 12.30 right. to Sharon. And then later, Abigail Folger and that other guy were there. Yeah. Um. And they all go out to dinner at a Mexican restaurant. Yeah. And then Rick and... Cliff go to a Mexican restaurant, but not the same one. Yeah, and Francesca is 
at home. Yeah. Um, when they go to this, when Sharon and her party show up at this Mexican restaurant, they they show these spotlights down the road. Yes. Um, there's no CGI here. Okay. Um, he used very few visual effects in this movie, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, including all the highway scenes. They, they closed that stretch of road and put vintage cars out there yeah. on the highway. Uh, L.A. was mad that day. I'm sure. <laughs> so they, sh- they, they, hey, isn't that the, isn't that the porno theater? The, yeah. The dirty movie place. Well, she called it the porno theater. And Did then, she? Yeah. And then she goes, dirty movies have premieres? Yeah. And he goes, yeah. <laughs> and at this time they did. Um, they were seen as legitimate film. If you watch a movie, a porno movie from the 70s, uh-huh. it's much different than watching porn now. I'm sure. Um, there's an actual story. Sometimes they're riveting stories. Um, Interesting. And good stories. Uh, just... They just have full-on hardcore sex. Wow. So, like like Deep Throat. I mean, Deep Throat is kind of got a dumb premise, but... Yeah, we saw the, the Deep Throat movie that they made yeah, about... Yeah, Lovelace. Yes, that. And I was like, this movie sounds stupid. It's funny. It's a I'm comedy. I'm sure it's funny. I mean... You gotta have a lot of a little bit of humor yeah. here and there, but it just sounds like a really dumb movie. Yeah. So they show Sharon is pregnant, by the way, and they show her kind of looking a little moody. Yeah, they said it was the hottest night of the year, mm-hmm. and uh, she was having a little melancholy from being pregnant, you mm-hmm. know. And she's looking like she's ready to pop, so yeah. totally understandable. Yep, and that's the baby that was never born. Oh. That just... Right. Yeah. So, Sharon and them go home, and they're listening to records and stuff, because that's what Sharon does. Yeah. She loves listening to music. They they arrive home around 10. And then Rick and Cliff take a cab home. Uh-huh. Because they cannot uh They function. got really drunk. And They so, get home about 11.46. Yeah. And... Rick decides he's going to make some margaritas, a whole pitcher of them. And uh, uh, Cliff gets into the the cigarette box. The humidor, yeah. Yeah, and remembers that he had bought an acid-dipped cigarette, and here it is. And so he was getting ready to take the dog for a walk, and he goes, I guess tonight's the night. Yeah. And so he goes off and walks Brandy. Mm -hmm. And as he's walking Brandy, we see the hippies pass him. Yes. And they're just sitting like in their car, which is loud, at the base of the hill of the driveway of Yeah, they're sitting Pal- in front the of the Polanski gate, which is right there in front of uh, Rick's and house. Rick, and Rick's like, "Who the heck? What the This is a private road." And he, he's he's got his picture and he's got his stupid robe on. He looks out there and he goes, the heck hippies why are hippies here so he goes and runs out there and he just berates them for yes. like a good four minutes he thinks they're there just to smoke pot yeah he goes you you can back out this way and they're <laughs> like oh sir we're just lost and one it's of like, tex has a gun yeah and he's willing to use it oh yeah well he's there to murder people so they back down the road uh-huh. and they kind of park and uh, maya hawk is in the back seat uh she's the daughter of Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke. Mm-hmm. She's also she was also in uh, Stranger Things season three, and she's like, "Was that Rick Dalton?" 
Yeah. Yeah, that was Rick Dalton. <laughs> and then this one girl, this crazy Sadie. girl, she starts talking about how television taught us to murder. Why don't we murder the people that taught us to murder? Exactly. And so they decide, we're going to go kill Rick Dalton uh-huh. instead of, we're going to kill Sharon Tate. I think they, I think they were going to move on to Sharon's after they killed Most Rick. likely. Because they, Tex was like, we're going to do what we came to do. Yeah. You know, so I think Sharon was on the chopping block at this still point yeah. still. And by this time, by the time they decided this, uh, Cliff has already come home and he's got making food for his dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's really tripping at this point. Oh, yeah. He starts, he puts his hand out in front of him and it's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Not a care in the world. And Brandy is laying on the couch being mm-hmm. a good dog. And then Brandy starts getting distracted. She you barks. Know? Yeah. He's like, what? what yeah. Ta- oh, wait, what's going on? Yeah. And so he starts to come towards the door and then they burst through the door. Mm-hmm. Rick is in the back Maya yard. Hawks, yeah. Yeah. She leaves. Maya Hawk's character was kind of funny because she's like, oh, I forgot my knife. And Tex yeah. goes, well, you're going to need the keys because I'll lock the door. And she's like, oh, yeah. And then she takes off. Yeah. She just leaves. Yeah. And so, so there's like, only three hippies at this point. Yeah. And so they burst in and he's like looking at them. And two burst in the uh-huh. front. One comes in through the back and he looks over to her and he goes, oh, huh, another one. You yeah. Know? He goes, are you real? Are you guys real? <laughs> and then like, he goes, oh, wait, I know you. I know all three of you. Mm-hmm. You're, uh... He goes, I'm the devil, and I'm here to do the devil's business. Yeah. And he goes, no, it was dumber than that. <laughs> you know, this just funny lines. He is such comedic relief and in this. And he goes, Rex? And she calls him Tex. Goes, so yeah, he goes, like, oh, that's Tex. It. Yeah, that's it. Now, they, they had asked how many other people were in the house. And he goes, well, there's just one sleeping. You know, the, the Katie goes and gets... Uh, Francesca. Yeah. And then... And then uh, he, he sicks the dog on Tex. Yes, because it's it's clear that Tex is getting ready to shoot him. Yeah. Um, Which causes girl, confusion. Sadie is the crazy one. The one screaming the yes, whole time? Yes. Sadie screams the entire scene she's <laughs> in it. And it's like, shut up. Yeah. But she comes forward towards Cliff and he's got that can of dog food and and he he just pitches it right at her face right in the nose right in the bridge so she's immediately screaming from that yeah and she can't really see real well and so she's laying on the ground kind of screaming the dog is still attacking tex and the other two are just standing there in horror right you know not doing anything and then the then the girl attacks francesca realizes that the ginger-haired girl katie isn't paying attention and tries to get the knife away from her but doesn't work real Mm -hmm. well and so uh uh cliff sicks the dog on sadie now yeah because sadie's starting to crawl away right takes care of tex yeah i'm not i don't remember how though uh, he beats him within an inch of his life. Well, and then he moves on to Katie, the ginger hair. Yeah, Katie, Katie tackles gets him. Terrible. Yeah, <laughs> Katie tackles him and stabs him in the hip. Yeah, they go down. 
Mm-hmm. And so... And he doesn't really realize it no, at first. No, he, like, looks at it, he taps it, and he goes, yeah. oh, what do you know? You know, something like that. <laughs> Being high has a benefit at this point. And then he proceeds to bash your head into every Everything. surface of the entire including, uh, uh, room. Yeah, including the stone mantle. Yeah. I so like, oh, uh, she's got no face. Yeah, she is a late person yeah. now. Somehow, Sadie has survived yeah. this dog attack, because he eventually... Oh, uh... Sadie manages to get the gun and shoots it in the air, which scares Brandy away from attacking her. Okay. Yeah. And so. And Brandy goes in with Francesca. Brandy runs back to Francesca's door, barks a bit. Francesca lets the dog in, looks out, closes the door. (laughs) (laughs) And then Sadie bursts through the uh, back door. Yes. And where Cliff is just. Rick. I mean, yeah, Rick is just, like, hanging out there, listening yeah, to music, drinking his margarita. He's like, what the... <laughs> yeah, he's like, what the hell just happened? And there's this girl bleeding and screaming in his pool suddenly. Yeah. And so he leaves and comes back with his flamethrower, that movie prop fr- mm-hmm. flamethrower, mm-hmm. and he torches her. Yes. Like, no, he doesn't speak a word. He doesn't even know who she is no. or why she's messed up. Well, she had she had surfaced at one point and, and, and shot, shot, shot a gun again. So he's like, well, I'm not dealing with this. Yeah. So he kills her. So the three hippies are now dead. Yes. Cops are there. Paramedics are there. Yeah, we each get uh, them giving their statements, you know. Yeah. Francesca's is funny because she's, she's just speaking Only speaking Italian. Italian. And the guy's like standing there going... <laughs> I don't know if I can write any of this down. Um, Rick's telling his story. and uh, Yeah, because he doesn't even know all of it. No, and then uh, we cut to Brad Pitt, and he goes, Yeah, he said he was the devil, and he was doing the devil's work or something. That's not verbatim, by the way. You know? And so and he's on aren't, he's aren't a stretcher because he's getting Yeah, he's, he's, getting he's taken. going away. Because he got messed up pretty bad, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Dal- Rick is like, hey... I'll come to yeah. What hospital? hospital. Are you, going goes, to? you don't want to come to the hospital. I'll live. Don't worry about me. He's like, go lay naked next to that that yeah. pretty thing you got in there. <laughs> she took five sleeping pills. I mean, she's gonna be out until Columbus Day. <laughs> and uh, he said, he said, just come to the hospital tomorrow with some, I think bagels. Yeah, bagels. Bring yeah. bagels. Yeah, and uh, uh, just check on Brandy, and he's he goes. Brandy's in there with Francesca. You may not get her back. Yeah, <laughs> and so that ends the uh, the 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 biggest part of the movie. Yes, we get we get a little bit more, and then and then uh, we get JC. I guess his yeah, name is yeah. Uh, saying hey, you know, he's calling through the gate, mm-hmm. and he's like, hey, uh. What happened? Mm-hmm. Uh, three hippies tried to kill us. He goes, no way. He goes, yeah. Uh, I torched one, you know, with my flamethrower. He goes, the one from the 14th Fist of McCluskey? Uh-huh. He's like, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> he goes, thank goodness it still worked. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's like, I don't know if they were trying to rob us or do something what? else. Yeah. I don't know what they... And then Sharon comes up on the, um, the, the intercom. speaker, yeah. intercom. And... Uh, they have conversation with her and she goes you want to come up and uh have a couple drinks with us oh yeah i do mm-hmm. i really do mm-hmm. and that's it yeah and in this universe sharon tate got to live yep sharon tate got to live she had a child mm-hmm. she became a mega star as did cliff mm-hmm. well, not cliff but uh rick dalton yeah it was a a lovely 
alternative history. Yeah. Just like in Inglorious Bastards where he kills uh, Hitler. They, they murder Hitler. And that this this is what if Sharon had lived. Yeah. And like I said, he didn't ask Pulaski for any permission. Good. He shouldn't um, have. But he did, <laughs> he did talk to Sharon Tate's sister. Yes. Who read the script or saw the movie something happened and Mm -hmm, she mm -hmm. was like she was like gave her blessing yeah yeah um i I thought that was really important because you know the being the survivor's family mm -hmm. it's important not to disrespect right especially in this instance i mean this was this was brutal it was um when i heard that that uh, Quentin Tarantino was making a movie about the Manson family. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it would be this movie. No. Um, but he had spent five years writing this movie. And he did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if this is his last film, which I think it's not, I think he has one more mm-hmm. that he wants to do. Because he said he was going to retire after a certain number of yeah. films. And Kill Bill is technically one film. Mm-hmm. So, I'm hoping for like one more. I th- I think that would be great. I mean, he's such he's been such an influential member of the Hollywood community. Yeah. Um, a shining example of how well film can be made, mm-hmm. and still, you know, do callbacks to previous history. You know, his use of music in in film is spot on. Absolutely. Like, there, there was at one point I was like, I wonder if he just arranges, like, a mixtape of some sort and goes, this will be in this part of the movie, this will be in this part of the movie, this will be in this part of the movie. And it's just this style that he does. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I would think that I would want specific songs mm-hmm. for specific scenes. So that's the movie in a nutshell. Uh-huh. Um, it's one of my favorites now. I mean, we just saw it earlier this year. Yeah, it's good. And we had to buy it. <laughs> I had to buy it. Yeah. I mean, there's only one Tarantino movie I don't own, and that's Jackie Brown. Which I'm surprised. You really like that one. I do like that one. And uh, I think you would like it now more than you the did last, back the, then. Yeah, the first time I saw it, I did not like it at all. Um, I saw it again, I think a few years ago, and I was like, yeah, this isn't so bad, you know. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I think the film that I don't like the most is actually... Not Death Proof, but the uh, the other one. The other one was a Robert Rodriguez film. So. Oh, then that there we go. Like I, I I like it, but like if I was gonna put it on a list, that portion of the film is like at the bottom. Yeah. Even though I really like Rose McGowan in it. Yeah, she was good. That was the last thing I ever saw her in. I think. Hmm. Um. No, Conan is. I think. I don't know. I didn't see that one. No, you're in luck. Yeah, I've heard. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, everything about this movie is just great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So anyway, if you like this podcast, you can follow us on Facebook. We are Happy Funtime Movie Hour. You can also follow us on Twitter. We are at Funtime Movies One. That is Funtime Movies and the number one. You can also subscribe to us on whatever platform you listen to podcasts, and uh, hopefully. One day we'll be able to go to the movies again. Oh, I want to go to the movies so bad. I just don't want to wear a mask. Yeah. But <laughs> for now, just uh, pop on your 
favorite streaming service or, you know, if you own a movie, just go watch a movie. 